so it, again, as has been said a few times, today is Graduate Sunday, and while I'm not going to be giving you a message because Pastor Scott's got a great one for you today, I'm really excited for it, we do want to honor you. So if you will, be so kind, be so kind to come up and line up right here. We're going to ask you, uh, I'm going to ask you just two questions that I want you to answer anyway. Uh, the first one would be where you're graduating from now. If it's a high school, that's easy. If it's a homeschool, I want your official homeschool. Keep, yeah, keep coming. There's a lot of you. There you go. I want your official homeschool name uh, and what you plan on doing. Now, I also want to tell you what you plan on doing. Don't worry if you really don't know because I'm pretty sure at this stage, I didn't know if I had failed or passed math yet. It was a, it was, it was a, that's a, another story. Um, and I think my, my pastor, Andy, asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, either a comedian or a rock star or a work, like, or like a, like a pop singer, punk rock singer. So, and then like literally a month later, I made a deal with God that if he made me graduate, I'd go to Bible school. And here I am. So <laughs> don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's him. Uh, don't, don't worry about that. But just uh, you, where you went to school and what you're planning on doing when you're leaving. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I graduated from the Loose Crew Academy, and I'm going to Elam. Hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I've unofficially named our homeschool Camille Academy of Success. So my mother doesn't really agree with that, but that's where I graduated from. <laughs> and then this fall, I'm going to Elam to get my bachelor's in theology with a minor in youth ministry, and I am very excited for it. Hi, I'm Nikki. I graduated from homeschool Emerald High, and I plan on being a photographer or a horse trainer. I'm Dylan. I'm graduating from Pioneer, and in the fall, I'm going to go to St. Bonaventure to major in accounting. I'm May, and I'm graduating from Pioneer, and I plan to start cleaning full-time when I graduate. Uh, I'm Josh. I graduated from Central Baptist. I'm going to go to Liberty for computer science. I'm Brady Heckathorn. I'll be graduating from Pioneer High School, and I'm going to Cornerstone University to study business administration and uh, with minor in ministry and wrestle for the wrestling team. I'm Chloe Raver. Um, I'm graduating from Pioneer, and I'm going to Michigan State to study psychology. I'm Cora Sense, and I graduated from Cataraugus Little Valley School and I'm joining the Air Force to be a weather specialist. So, that, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Some really smart ones in there that make me feel dumb. Um, I want to say that we, we are so proud of you. We are. Like, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal, and we believe that God's doing incredible things already in your life, but he will continue to do that as the years unfold. Um, 
But what we want to do for you today, uh, after the service, we're going to have prayer available for you. So uh, the prophetic team is going to be able to give you a word. I really, really strongly, I can't make you do anything. I've been telling you that for your, all your years that you've been in youth ministry. But I really, really encourage you to do that and, and get something from the Lord from that. But right now, we just want to pray for you as a congregation. So would you just lift your hands and, uh, towards them as we lift them up in prayer? Father, we're so thankful for each and every one of these young people that stand before us. I'm thankful for their hard work that they put in for schooling to get to this point. And uh, I know, Lord, that you're going to continue to do that in whatever they do past this. But today we ask, Lord, that you would just uh, start speaking to them. Lord, that you would start showing them direction if you haven't already. Lord, we, we believe that you are a God that can open a door that no man can open. You can close doors that no man can close. So as they put you first, Lord, we pray that you would direct their path because we know you always will. Lord, I, I just commit them to you right now. Uh, parents, calm down. It's not over yet. But right now, as you're going out into different areas, into the workforce, into the Air Force, into, into schooling, uh, right now, we are just proclaiming that the Lord's hand is on your life. And we are, we are dedicating you from this point out into the world. We've done what we could here while we've had you. And for those that stay, I'm so excited. But for those of you who leave, do not, do not forget what the Lord has done in your life. And do not, do not give in to the enemy's schemes. His whole plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to come deceive and he will twist things. Be on alert. Be on alert in these coming days because he will try to take out those that he fears, and the enemy is full of fear. So, Lord, we ask again that you would bless them and you would keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give it up for the grads? All right. Well, our message this morning is specifically for the graduates, but uh, that doesn't give everyone else an excuse to tune out, because even though I may be specifically addressing them in a way, I'm, I'm really talking to all of us. This is a message that all of us need to hear. Last week, uh, we heard from our guest speaker, Chris Lonneville, and he shared some heartfelt uh, memories with us about his growing up years with his father, and uh, that that really, what'd you think? Did that really minister to you? That was uh, that was really powerful. And I'm going to say a couple things about my dad to get started this morning. It's it's not going to go anywhere near as deep as what uh, Chris did last week, but I just want to share. My dad was a quiet guy. And uh, I could probably count on one hand the things that I remember him saying to me. And, uh, and I'm going to share what, what those are. I don't know, maybe I just randomly happen to remember these things. Or maybe they were really meaningful and he said them a lot. I don't even know. Um, one thing was, you kids are driving me up the wall. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. And... Uh, that stuck with me. Um, the other one it, I remember is I, whenever I would share thoughts and ideas 
with him. He would say, like I remember once I had this vision for connecting the house to the garage with a glass tunnel. <laughs> and, and I think when I said stuff like that, he did not know what to say. So I heard this a lot. You're thinking every minute. <laughs> and, and I was. And I still am thinking every minute. And uh, whether you know what to do with those thoughts or not is the problem. I got a son like that now, too, who's thinking every minute. Um, but there was another one that maybe went a little deeper, and that is the phrase, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> now, you could say that in different ways. You could, you could say that in a playful way, like, hey there, buckaroo, ah, what are we going to do with you? Yeah, you know. You know, you could say it in a loving kind of playful way, or you could say it like, what are we going to do with you? You know, like, you're driving me up the wall. Uh, I didn't get the negative, really, version of that. I, I mostly just got like, he really doesn't know what to do with me. <laughs> and because of that, I didn't know what to do with myself. If my own dad doesn't know what to do with me, how am I going to know? Who does know? Does anyone out there know what I'm supposed to do with my life? Anybody? And, uh, of course, school uh, tries to help with that. They've got guidance counselors, right? And uh, maybe they've helped you in some way. Uh, I remember, I think it was eighth grade, they did the career testing. I don't know what they call it. Did you take the test? Where they, based on personality preferences and things, they try to plug you into a suggested career. Do you remember it? Someone's seventh grade, maybe? It's in the distant past. Maybe you forgot about it. Anyway, I took the test. I was in the middle school. I was at Pioneer Middle School in the library. I took the test, and they said I should be a social worker. They... They did not get it right. They didn't get it right. I think partly, partly maybe they didn't ask the right questions, or maybe partly they didn't have the right careers on the list even, because I noticed, like, I'm, I'm guessing anyways, that they don't have, like, any ministry careers listed on there. Only, it's only certain ones that they put on. And they try, so they tried to fit you in that box. And what it reminded me of was this classic illustration that I, I did this years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers, uh, but you, you get to do it again today. Um, if you didn't know what a guitar was and what it's for, you might look at this thing and say, what are we going to do with you? Right? And... Uh, if you didn't know what to do with it, you might come up with this idea. Cheese can be sliced on the guitar. It works really nice. And that's what... The career testing does to you sometimes. It's like, well, you may have that if you'd like. 
I was thinking about eating it myself, but I'm, I'm glad you did instead. That's what the career testing is kind of like. It's like, okay, what are we going to do with this kid? Let's, I don't know, maybe you can cut cheese. I don't know. We don't know what to do with this guy. Can you all cut cheese? I know you, I've, I've, I know you can cut the cheese. I know you can. It's a skill that you all have. Anyway. So, I knew I wasn't supposed to be a, a social worker. I knew they had it wrong. And um, what happened in me growing into uh, eighth grade, into ninth grade, I began to get this burning sense inside of me, and I didn't understand exactly that it was from the Lord. But I, I had this burning sense inside of me that I was going to do music for God. It sounds like a grandiose thing to say. I'm going to do music for God. And I, but I didn't know what that looked like because, see, I was in the school band, trombone all those years, marching band, stage band, you know, concert band. I did the whole thing, school music thing. And um, it was okay. It, 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 didn't, it wasn't like the burning passion of my life or anything. Um, so music for God, that wasn't what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about trombones. I wasn't thinking about being a music teacher in that whole scene. Music for God, I wasn't thinking about the music at my church growing up. I grew up at the Methodist Church in Arcade, and they have hymnals and a choir organ type setup. And I grew up with that, and I, I like that. I appreciate that. But that wasn't the passion that I felt in my heart to do. So what did I feel I was being called to do? I was trying to figure it out and define it. I wanted to do the kind of music I was hearing on the records, and the, it was records back then, that I listened to, cassettes even. Those were getting Walkman. Those were pretty cool. Um, I wanted to do that kind of music, but I wanted to do it for God. And, you know, the, the Jesus Revolution had just happened a few years before that, and there was a, there was a Christian music scene developing, and there were Christian bands doing that kind of music but it was kind of a newer thing. This church was here, and they were doing worship music here, and I didn't know about it. So I didn't understand what, exactly what I was shooting for, but I knew I was supposed to do the kind of music that was in my heart to do, and I was supposed to do it for God. But that didn't fit any of the boxes on the, on the test they gave me, you know? It didn't fit any career path that, that the school laid out for me. And I wasn't sure how to get there, you know. And uh, I'm really, I'm so glad the way Josh handled the thing just now where you said what you were doing. I'm so glad the way you handled that because that was like the worst thing about graduating from high school for me was adults coming to ask me what I'm going to do after. And I'm glad you gave them that uh, grace to... It doesn't really have to have an awesome answer right now. 
because uh, that's, that's where I was at. I knew that if I said, when they asked me what I was going to do after school, I knew that if I had a, like some of you had like the top-notch answers, you know, the top-notch answers are, I'm going to such and such a college, and I'm going to be this. Adults love that. They love that. They give you all the praise, and they uh, are proud of you. And that might, they might start a conversation with you about it. The, the, another top-tier answer, military. I'm going in the military. I've got this thing mapped out. People are proud of you. They want you to do that. If you're a little less, maybe a little less of an answer is workforce. I'm joining the workforce. Maybe they're at least proud of it that you have a job, right? Or somewhere in there also is like the trade school type level. Like maybe you, maybe you did the BOCES thing and you, and you got a skill and you're going to be a plumber or whatever. Like that's a pretty good answer. People will say they'll give you some, some credit for that. But if you say, I want to do music for God, <laughs> they're going to be like, what a waste. <laughs> See, my mom and dad both went to college. They were both teachers. My older sister, my two older brothers, they, both, they all went to college. They all had stuff going. Everyone was expecting me to go to college. I was like a good high school student, good grades, um, AP, National Honor Society, all the stuff. So I put in the college applications. I got accepted at Fredonia and Geneseo. I put, I put in the box, you know, I put English teacher. The uh, reason I did that was because I liked creative writing, as I still do. I write songs particularly, but... I liked, in high school, I enjoyed creative writing. So I'm like, well, I don't know, English teacher? I don't know. They want me to fill in a box. So, okay. So, but somewhere along the way, I don't know exactly what month it was, May or something probably, when it was like down to the end, you got to do this. I was like, I can't do it. I can't go there and cut cheese with my guitar. That's not what I'm called to do. I don't exactly understand how to get where I'm called to go, but I know I can't go there. And so I had that season of the graduation parties and everyone asking me what I was doing where I just felt utterly ashamed. I don't know how to answer that question. I had to say, well, I've got a band, and we're going to be working on our songs and stuff. Okay. Uh, that ended the conversation real quick. Nobody wanted to hear any more from me. Please just don't, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me. So I endured the shame of that. But what I was doing, and I didn't realize it, was I was following Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. I was not letting them put me in their box 
Instead, I was going to seek God and find out what he wanted for me. And in the process, it took a while, but in the process, thank you, Mom, for uh, letting me have the space to figure that out. But uh, my mom's here, by the way. She just, uh, she just turned 91 yesterday. She's uh, looking awesome, as always. Last year, on her 90th, she did um, zip lining for her birthday across the Niagara Gorge. So that's, that's who we're talking about here. Anyway, so I didn't realize what I was doing, but that was a courageous decision in a way, even though I was ashamed of it at the time, uh, in the world's eyes. And it was so shortly after that that someone invited me to come to PCF and play bass. And all of a sudden I found out there's a thing called worship music, and they want me to help lead worship here, and and and... That's where I started to find the path that God had me on. But I want to give uh, I want to give you guys a couple examples from the Bible uh, of people who who tried to navigate that career path and where they how they did it and where they got. Two quick examples. One guy. I'm going to see if you can guess who these guys are, too. See, test your Bible knowledge. Uh, one guy is going to exemplify the non-college track, we'll call it, and the other guy is going to exemplify the college track. First, a non-college guy. See if you can guess who this is. He was in the FFA. He did all the ag classes. Uh, I'm putting the Bible in torque popular modern-day vocabulary, in case you wondered there. He was not in FFA. But he would have been in FFA if he went to Pioneer. He was a farm boy, hard worker. He did go on to join the military. He did well. He was also, oddly enough, for a farm boy who was in the Army, he was very musical. And... Uh, also, oddly enough, for that type of person, somehow he ended up, during one phase of his life, running from the law. And uh, eventually he became the king, somehow, magically, after all the weirdness he went through. Anybody? Front row? Okay. David. That was a non-college track. He did not know where he was going from one day to the next. He did not have a plan, except that he had a word from the Lord that you're going to be the king. And he's like, it was kind of, in a weird way, a little bit like my story. Like, I knew God was calling me to something. I kind of vaguely knew what it was, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And that's what it was like for David. And, and he finally gets to be the king after all his adventures. He finds himself in a palace, rich, powerful, could have anything he wanted. 
and what he wrote, some of the words we sang in worship today from Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He had done the agriculture scene. He had done the military scene. He had done the music scene. He had done the political scene. He had done everything in life there was to do. And what he realized after all of that, there was only one thing that really mattered, and that was seeking the Lord. Okay, my other guy example, guy who exemplifies the college track, if you can guess who this is, came from a wealthy home, attended the best private schools, had his future all planned out. He's going to be a lawyer, maybe a law professor. Went to an Ivy League college, got his pre-law degree, went on to get his master's, his doctorate. He was on his way to becoming a rich and important, powerful person. And then he met Jesus, and it wrecked him. It wrecked absolutely everything he ever learned, and all his plans got wrecked by Jesus. Anybody? Saul, who became Paul. After all his great education and training and everything, here's what Paul writes in Philippians 3. Whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I want to know Christ. And then in Ephesians 3, he also goes on to say, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. He knew it all. He had all the training, all the best schooling, and he realized in the end the one thing that's really worth knowing is Jesus. He came to the same conclusion that David had hundreds of years before. There's really one thing that we need to know. Going to the words of Jesus himself, in Matthew 6, he says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you seek the right one thing, all the other things fall into place. Jesus also said uh, in his time at Martha and Mary's house when uh, they were, they were going to have dinner and Martha was busy getting dinner ready and Mary was just sitting there listening to Jesus teach, Martha comes up to him in Luke 10 and says, uh, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, Dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What was the one thing? It was sitting at his feet being with him, just to be with you, he sang it. 
You are my one thing. So my conclusion today, life is busy, life is hard, life is confusing, life is complicated, but there's a simple solution, stay focused on one thing. You will, even with one thing as your focus, you will get off track. You'll forget it, you'll get confused, you'll get distracted, but keep coming back to the one thing. I do it. Jesus made it really simple. He put it in the form of a cross to remind us what we're supposed to be aiming at in life. That's our little uh, logo is the crosshairs. If you forget where you're going and you forget what you're aiming at in life, remember the cross. That'll remind you that you're supposed to be aiming at Jesus, the one thing. And here's why it's so important. You can't know what the future holds, but you can know the one who holds the future. You can't know what the future holds, but you can know the one who holds the future. One other quotable meme, you can't know all the answers in life but you can know the one who has all the answers. You can't know all the answers in life, but you can know the one who has all the answers. You see, he's the one who made you. He's the one who knows you better than anyone else knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what will be fulfilling to you. He knows what will make you happy. He doesn't want you to get stuck cutting cheese if you're made to make music. He has good plans for you that will go along with your heart and your passions, things you'll be excited about. But it's not your job to figure all that out, especially not yet. You have one job. You've heard that before? You had one job. There's a lot of, I, I looked on the internet, there was a lot of things I could have, clips I could have showed you about that. You had one job. Your job is just to know him. Make him your one thing. Everything else in your life will fall in place. I wonder if we'd all stand together and I'll close us in prayer today. If you're willing, you could hold your hands out before him as a way of uh, presenting yourself to him this morning. Lord, we just want to acknowledge you today. You are the one who created us. You're the one who knows us best. We want to give our lives to you today. Ask you to guide us into the purpose and calling that you have for us. The good plans that you have for our lives. We put our lives in your hands and we ask you to help us to stay focused 
on you and not on the plans, not on the things of this world, but help our hearts to stay focused on you. We ask that you would be the one thing that would keep us on course in life. If we've gotten off track with you, we ask you to bring us back, bring our focus back to that one thing. And help these students, Lord, as they launch forward into the things you're calling them to do. Help them find their way on whatever path you've got them on, Lord. Help them find their way by following you. We believe everything else will fall in place for them if they put you first. We leave our blessings on them today and on everyone here. In Jesus' name.